My name's Tim. I'm the pastor, and it's a privilege to be here today, and it's a privilege. Um, we're so thankful you came, and man, I want to meet you afterwards. If you're a first-time guest, please, um, please, I would love to meet you and, and personally give you that Starbucks gift card, and it's just our way of trying to bribe you to come back, but um, no, we're, I was kidding. We're, we're so glad, so glad that you're here. Y'all pray for my voice. Um, it's almost shot, and so I've been having this coughing thing. I'm not sick. It's just, you know, when you breathe and your throat itches, cough, 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 that kind of thing. So anyways, um, great story I want to open up with today. It was, uh, man, good night. I was about 31 years old, and uh, Jaden is our firstborn. He's eight now. He was up here, and uh, he'll soon be nine, but, but Jaden was a little baby, and so I was a father for the first time. You know, Lord have mercy, man. Give me wisdom, man. And I, I was a father, Steph, man, first-time mom. And, you know, first-time moms and first-time dads, they really don't have a clue, do they? They don't have a clue about a lot, right? And, um, and so here we are, and I remember Steph was in the bathroom. I think Jaden was around one at the time, and she's, uh, man, I, think, I can't remember if she had, you know, taken a bath or bubble bath. She had done something, and Jaden was in the floor playing. He was just playing. He's doing what babies do. Well, Jaden had opened up underneath the sink the door, two doors. He had opened it up, and babies are active, right? Like, you want them to walk. You're like, oh, we can't wait for them to walk. And then they just take off flying, man. They never slow down, do they? Well, Jaden, man, opened it up, and he reached in there, and he started going through Stephanie's, uh, some of her makeup. Oh, yeah, right? And so that's a father's fear right there. Um, <laughs> He's going through her makeup, but what, what he got was fingernail polish. He got two things of fingernail polish. And I was in the other room, and um, all of a sudden, I, I hear this, um, this blood-curdling scream. And it was Jaden. And then I hear this other blood-curdling scream. It was Steph. And what Jaden had done is he had taken two of Steph's fingernail polish and he was playing with them like toys, like dump trucks, except for they weren't. And, and he was doing this. And he got excited and he did this. And I want to tell you something. He hit that thing so hard that both of them busted. And, and I promise you, if um, I, I don't have a picture of it, and that's a good thing. That probably keep me sane, but, but it, it was one of the scariest moments of our life because he hit it so hard, and he literally had um, fingernail polish in his eyes. In fact, one eye, you could not see his eye. It was covered with fingernail polish. Now, I've never put on fingernail polish willfully, and um, <laughs> I, uh, I, just, I just never have, but, but I hear it's hard to come off. You know, unless you have the good stuff, right? You have fingernail polish remover. What do you do when it's in someone's eye? And so we were frantic, and I ran in there, and Steph's, you know, I mean, she's just flipping out, freaking out, and rightfully so. And Jaden is flipping out, freaking out, rightfully so. And, and I, I don't know why. God's given me a little grace that in the moment, I think in those moments, I stay calm, and maybe the rest of my life, you know, not so much, but in those moments, God gives me extra grace, and I came in, and I was like, okay, man, we got to rinse his eye out, and next thing I know, Steph, man, she's on the phone, and man, we're, uh, I think, you know, phone calls were made, and 
I think we called 911. I think we call, you know, and they told us to call this number. We call that number, and they're like, flush his eye out. Well, Jaden is screaming, man. Now, Jaden didn't want water in his eyes, and we got this water, this faucet on, you know, I mean, it's just coming, and we got his head underneath there, and he is fighting for everything it's worth. Almost like if someone's messing with your eye, you know, it's, it's the first thing you do is you lean, you, you push back, and that's what he was doing. He was fighting, and he, he didn't want that, but we knew we had to rinse that thing out, and, you know, we, uh, we weren't sure if there was glass in his eye, but we knew there was a lot of fingernail polish, and he had it all over him. I'm telling you, man, you would think something so small wouldn't cover so much, but it had totally painted him. It had painted him, and his eyeball was red, and it was from fingernail polish, and we were holding him underneath the water, and we knew that in that moment, we knew that how we handled that moment might determine the rest of his life. You know, and all of a sudden, fear just kind of swarms in, and, you know, will, will he go blind, you know? Is there glass in his eye? Is, he gonna, is this going to mess him up, you know, for the rest of And he had, he had stuff in both eyes, but especially one eye. I'll never forget looking at him. This eye was bad, but this eye was worse. I think it was his right eye, and I, man, I didn't know, and you know, oh, scary moment as a parent. How many parents have had one of those moments? And it might not be fingernail polish, but you've had a moment where your heart, oh, was racing a million miles an hour, and your adrenaline was pumping, and fear was present, you had a lump in your throat, and you just knew that, that what happened the next few moments might determine a whole lot. This really is the scene that James sets up for us because in the last two verses in the book of James, James, the the last things he's going to say to us are extremely important. Think about it. What we say when...
is beholding the evil and the good. God sees the evil we do. God sees the good. Yesterday, I was so proud of so many people in here that took everything we got from Christmas for a cause, which was amazing in the cold. Thank you very much for coming and support. We had hundreds and hundreds of people. And even better than that, we had hundreds and hundreds of items that we were able yesterday to distribute to be the hands and the feet of Jesus to homeless people who are precious to God. And the eyes of the Lord in every place behold the evil, but they also, they also see the good. And this day they saw Cain kill his brother Abel. And then he says to him, God speaks to Cain and he says, man, where's your brother? But I don't know. <laughs> what am I, my brother's keeper? Am I my brother's keeper? And the answer to that ancient question is yes. Yes, you are your brother's keeper. Listen here, Jesus followers. You're your brother's keeper. You're your sister's keeper. We are to love and to handle people. You know what? It's hard as a pastor when you see someone that, that man, you've poured into and you've loved and you've tried to help. And you've, man, it's like gas on the fire that you've tried to put encouragement on their life and run, run, run. And you want them to do right. And you want them to love Jesus. And one of the hardest things for a pastor is when you see them give up on God. Because you know God will never give up on them. But for whatever reason, sin pain, whatever, they give up on God and they go the other way and you know that they are on a pathway to destruction. And you want to say, no, no, no. You ever seen someone backing up a vehicle and there was a kid behind it? And you couldn't say no quick enough? You couldn't scream quick enough? You could Because you saw ahead of time what could happen. And that's as Christians, that's what we're supposed to do. But, but, but the Bible tells us how to do it. And be, before I get there, I, I just want to tell a story. And the story is about a guy named Pete. Pete, Pete um, you could describe him a bunch of different ways. He was a real person. He was a real person. And, and um, someone who witnessed to him one time, they told him about Jesus. That's one of the greatest things we can do. And listen here. It's not my job to get someone else to believe in Jesus. It's my job to tell someone else about how Jesus rescued me. And that is what gives hope because the truth is everyone needs a life saver. Everybody needs. That's why, that's why as much money as you may have, it doesn't satisfy. It's always the next dollar. That's why as much alcohol as you may drink, it doesn't matter. There's always another day and always another opportunity to, um, to get away from the pain and to numb the pain. And, and it doesn't matter how many drugs you do. There's still this feeling inside that something is missing. And his name is Jesus, and he's our Savior, and he came to seek and to save that which was lost. And the whole goal here was to help people who needed a Savior, John three seventeen. that he didn't come into the world to condemn the world. Jesus didn't come to condemn. We're already condemned. We're already screwed up. He didn't come to laugh at us. He came to save us. He came to unshackle us. He came to set us free. Jesus doesn't want to stick his finger in your face and tell you about everything wrong in your life. Jesus wants to hold you as you cry because the things wrong in your life have led you down a way of death. He wants to tell you, I love you. And if you follow me, I'll put you on the path of life. Well, someone witnessed to Pete and his name even got changed. And he began following Jesus and and he, he wasn't a perfect person. He dropped a couple of cuss words here and there. In fact, there was this one time 
that um, he said something to Jesus and it, it irked Jesus so much because it wasn't just him that was speaking. It was a spirit that was on him. And he turned to him and he said, get, get behind me, Satan. We're talking about Peter. And, and, but then there was another time where, where Peter had this great moment. Jesus was asking, hey, man, what are they saying about me out there? And, and it wasn't like for an ego thing. It was actually a setup because then he was going to ask him another question. And, and sometimes the first question is good, but oftentimes the second, third question is really, really good because they get you closer to the truth. And he says, now, now, who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? And, and Peter speaks up. You know, every time in the Bible where Peter's mentioned, he's always mentioned first. When there are other disciples mentioned, you track this, he's always mentioned first. <clears throat> he was a leader. Peter, James, and John. Do you ever think about that? Peter's name is mentioned first. Why? He, he's an influencer. He's a leader. People followed him. Here's Peter, and Peter says, man, you are the Christ. You're the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. And I preached a message on this, and Jesus like, you are right, and you ain't that smart, man. God Almighty gave you that truth. My father, God, gave that. Peter, I love you, but we both know you ain't that good. He had these moments where sometimes he was callous. Get the kids away from Jesus, man. Goodness gracious. Jesus, can we eat already? We've been here all day. What's up? Yo, come on, Jesus, please. You got you to gotta heal someone else. Let's get, I mean, he had those moments. But he also had the moments like, you are the, Jesus, if that's you, call me out of the boat. Come. Crap. Oh. Man, why do I always got to open my mouth? And they're like, go get it, big boy. Get it, Pete. Let's go. Let's, what's up? Right? He, he had these Jesus moments where he had faith and he had courage. And then he, he was standing around a fire with a middle, scra- middle school great girl and he was probably processing into his mind just a few minutes ago they took jesus and he loved him and and jesus had taken him in the garden and said pray with me pray with me pray with me and he's like oh i'm gonna pray with you jesus jesus was sweating he's so bad man his blood was coming out of his skin like sweat and 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 he's like please just pray with me an hour and peter's like i got you jesus came back and said wake up wake up i need you to pray the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Wake up, and he's like, I'm going to pray, Jesus. I'm going to pray. I got you, man. I got your back. Dear God. And Jesus came back. He did a couple times. And then when they tried to take him, the Bible says Peter took out his sword, and he cut off the ear of the high priest's servant. His name was Malchus. Malchus was like, I mean. And Peter's like, you want some more? And Jesus was like, The Bible says Malchus' ear went from the ground back to his ear. It's like a holy filled Mike Tyson moment. <laughs> that was good. You didn't see that coming, did you? Did y'all see the commercial? Have you seen the commercial where Mike is at the door? Have you seen the new commercial? He's at the door and he's got his ear, I think, in a box. <laughs> it's so funny, man. It's so awesome. Jesus. Jesus does this moment because Malchus, who was swinging a sword violently a minute ago, not to help Jesus, but to hurt him, he was still precious to him. And he heals him. And Peter's standing around the fire, and he's thinking about that. They've taken Jesus, and they've arrested him. And Peter's thinking about, I should have aimed a little lower. I could have taken his whole head off, you know. And Why'd they take Jesus? And just a few hours before that, they were all around the table and 
Jesus had said that someone would betray him that was there around the table. These people were close to Jesus, man. And at one point, Peter said, God, I'll never deny you. And Jesus corrected him because Jesus knows all things. And he said, man, yeah, you say that, Peter, but one day you'll deny me. In fact, before the cock crows three times, you'll deny me three times. Here he is around, and a middle school girl says, you were with Jesus. I saw you, man. I saw you with the miracles. You're, you're one of his disciples. And all of a sudden, the volume was cranked up, and more people were huddling around. And, and all of a sudden, what few people around a fire, all of a sudden, it attracted a crowd. And, and they're watching a middle school girl intimidate a fisherman. And Peter says, I don't know. I don't know. You do know him. And he says, beep, I don't know him. And she says, oh, oh, look at you. You're nervous. You do know him. You were with him. And he says, beep, 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 beep. I don't know. Beep him. Before the cock crew three times, all of a sudden he makes eye contact. The Bible says, and he sees Jesus and they connect with their eyes. And I don't think Jesus was like trying to get a lightning bolt out of his finger. I think Jesus was looking at him like, I still love you, man. Like, I knew you would do that ahead of time. Remember I told you? I still love you, man. That's Jesus. Not someone who's weak, but someone who's strong in forgiveness, in handling people who strayed from the truth. The Bible says in that moment that Peter ran off in tears. He ran off weeping because he couldn't believe he did it. And then Jesus is buried and he appears many times, and they're all excited. And then in John, John 21, John 21, there's a story of Peter. And in fact, I'm just going to go there. John chapter 21. I wasn't going to read it, but I just changed my mind. I want you to hear this. It's the last chapter in uh, the book of John. What's awesome is, you know, we've been in James. We're finishing today. Do you know what book is after James? First and second Peter. John chapter 21. The Bible says this. After this, Jesus appeared again to the disciples, this time at Tiberias Sea. It's the Sea of Galilee. And this is how he did it. Simon Peter, um, Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel from Canaan, Galilee, and the brothers of Zebedee, that's James and John, also known as the Sons of Thunder, two other disciples were together. Simon Peter announced... So here's a bunch of disciples, and Peter makes, a, he makes an announcement, and here's what he says. He says, I'm going fishing. Now, this wasn't like, I got nothing better to do. Like, today is a beautiful day. I'm going fishing. This was like, I quit. I'm done with the Jesus deal. I'm going back to my old lifestyle. And he was a leader, which is nothing more than influence. And so... These guys were with him, and look what happens. They go with him. The rest of them replied, we're going with you, leader, followers. They went out, and they got in the boat, and they caught nothing that night. When the sun came up, Jesus was standing on the beach, but they didn't recognize him. Jesus spoke to them, good morning. Did you catch anything for breakfast? They answered, no. He said, throw the net off the right side of the boat, And see what happens. They did what he said. 
one of the greatest things could be said about us, that we did what he said. All of a sudden, there were so many fish in it, they weren't strong enough to pull it in. I love this. Then the disciple Jesus loved, that's John, said to Peter, it's the master. When Simon Peter realized that it was the master, he threw on some clothes, for he was stripped for work, or a.k.a. the boy was naked. And he dove into the sea. The other disciples came in by boat. They weren't far from land, 100 yards or so. They pulling along the net full of fish. When they got out of the boat, they saw a fire laid with fish and bread cooking on it. That was Jesus' idea. I love that. Jesus is cooking. Jesus said, bring some of the fish you just caught. Simon Peter joined them, and he pulled the net to the shore. Now listen, here's the thing. There were already fish and bread he was cooking, but he said, bring more fish. In other words, yeah, in other words, there's an overflow here. I want you to be full. I don't want you to leave hungry. Jesus don't want you to leave hungry today. He wants you to leave full of hope and full of life. And I love this. It says this, Simon Peter joined them. He pulled the net to shore, 153 big fish. Now, if you're a fisherman, you love that. Big fish. They weren't little small ones. They're not sardines. These are big fish. And even with all those fish, the net didn't rip. Jesus said, breakfast is ready. Not one of the disciples dared ask, who are you? They knew it was the master. Jesus took the bread and he gave it to him. He did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus had shown himself alive to the disciples since being raised from the dead. And the story goes on, and um, I would love to read it, but, but for sake of time, I'm going to tell you what happens here. Jesus brings Peter back to the very point where Peter rerouted where he got away from Jesus, where he denied him, and then he ran in guilt. You ever done something made you so feel, made you feel guilty so bad that you said, man, I'm not going back to church anymore. I don't want to be a hypocrite. Look at me. I can't do that. One day I'll get my life right. One day I'll get cleaned up, and then I'll go back to God. Jesus brings Peter back to the very same environment that Peter backslid. It was around a fire, And three times he denied him. And now, around a fire, three times, Jesus is going to ask Peter if he loves him. That was intentional, my friends. In fact, it was strategic. What he was doing is he was going back to the wound because the wound will never heal till, till you deal with the wound. And he was taking Peter back. I remember that fire. We're at a different fire today, but I remember that fire. I remember three times. Three times I'm going to ask you if you love me. And what Jesus was doing is he was gently, very humbly, loving Peter. And he wasn't screaming at him. And he wasn't spanking him. And he wasn't, although I want to tell you something. God is a loving God. He is merciful, but he's also truth. And he's dealing truth with Peter. And he's saying, do you love me? Feed my lambs. Do you love me? Do you love Feed my sheep. Do you love me, Peter? And Peter said, God, you know I love you. What Jesus was doing is making sure that what had happened around that fire was not the fire that defined him. Don't let that fire that burned you define you. God wants to take the right kind of fire to fuel you, to go further faster for his kingdom. And that's what that moment with Peter was about. And so when James tells us the story about Christians reaching out to other Christians who've gone astray. Don't you know one of the 
most incredible stories he had ever, one of the greatest illustrations he had ever seen was how Jesus dealt with Peter. No one would be more influential than Peter in Christianity. Contrary to some thought, he wasn't the first, um, the first pope. His statement, Jesus said, upon your statement that I'm the Christ and I'm the Messiah, he says, I'm going to build my church on that statement and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. He wasn't lifting Peter up to be someone to be worshipped. He was saying, Peter, on the truth of what you just spoke, that I am the Messiah, I am the Christ, I'm the promised one, I'm the son of the living God. On that, I will build my church and the gates of hell won't destroy it. On that truth, not on you, Peter, but he did use him. Pentecost came. Man, you got to read the Bible. The Bible's got amazing stories in it. God used Peter to preach to all these people, man. And that's when the Spirit of God birthed the church. And it was through someone who had denied him to a middle school girl using some foul language. Because God believes in rerouting. That's why I gave the title of this message is not so fast. The truth is you and I, we give up on people way quicker than Jesus gives up on people. And just because they think GD goes together and, and... That doesn't mean God can't reach them. Just because they tell you at Starbucks, I'll never come to church, doesn't mean it stops me from continuing to give an invite card, smiling and inviting them, and say, I love it when people say that. Because God doesn't give up on people. And here, if we bring it in just for a minute, here's the truth. God hasn't given up on you. He hadn't given up on me. I want to read this and I'm done. Um, Galatians, let's go there. Galatians chapter 6. We're going to read three verses, Galatians 6. It should be on the screen here, Galatians 6, 3. The Bible says this. I'm in Ephesians. That's not going to work. Here we go. Galatians 6, 1 through 3. Live creatively, friends. You know what? I want to read the NLT, actually. That's right. We did the NLT. Listen to this. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, You who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. In other words, when you're trying to help someone else, you need to realize you're vulnerable. Share each other's burdens, and in this way you obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Listen, the message says... Live creatively, friends. If someone falls into sin, forgivingly restore him. I love this. Saving your critical comments for yourself. Gavin would say, booyah. You might be needing forgiveness before the day's out. Stoop down and reach out to those who are oppressed. Share their burdens and so complete Christ's law. If you think you're too good for that, you're badly deceived. I don't know where you're at today, but I know where he's at today. And he's bent down just like he did with Peter. And he's reaching towards you today. And he knows everything about you. In fact, he he knows stuff about you you don't even know about you. He knows stuff about you, your wife, your spouse best friend they don't even know about you in fact you would be afraid that if they found that out about you 
that they probably wouldn't be as close to you as they are. He knows it all. And he still moves towards us. No wonder they call him the Savior. We didn't need a judge. We were already guilty. We needed a Savior. So God sent his Son into the world. Because he so loved the world that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have life. Isn't that what you want? Isn't that what you've been really looking for for all these years? You've tried so many different things. None of them, none of them satisfy, man. They leave you empty. And Jesus says, All you who are weary, you're tired, and you're exhausted. Come, I'll give you rest.